0: You know what, Jamie? Let's pop off right now. We got to get started. We got to go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's get the people in the chat. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hit and Hustle from irisportsdaily.com. I'm your host, Greg Flamong, and with me, as always, is Jamie Uyama, Mr. Jamie University. Happy Halloween, everybody. It's October 31st. And uh, it's Tuesday. We got a mailbag show. We're going to be uh, discussing questions we got from Irish Sports Daily customers about uh, all various aspects of the Notre Dame football team. Plus, we are going to talk about. Um uh dabo going a little unhinged to start his our, uh, as part of his uh, radio call-in show which in and of itself is kind of unbelievable that he has a radio call-in show uh, but we can uh, we're going to talk about that and then um and then go into the questions so uh thank you everyone for tuning in if this is your first time catching us please hit the like button please hit subscribe please hit the notification bell so you know that we're going live links to our podcast if you prefer that format are in the description Hello, and uh, usually Jamie, this is about the time when I do my ESQ ad read. But today, we're gonna do we're gonna do a uh, a, a, a submitted a testimonial, if you will, on ESQ from one of the Irish Sports Daily members. This comes from Go Fight Win ND. Went to the game Saturday. Stayed a couple extra days in Chicago. This morning, went over to ESQ to try on the bamboo shirt. Wow, it is what everyone says, so soft, so comfortable. Abby the manager helped us and couldn't be nicer. You can uh God came out and said hello as well. All their stuff is just beautiful. Bought one shirt but look forward forward to getting more. Really great experience all around. Oh, and the ISD a 15% ISD discount go Irish. So look, Jamie, we we we're hawking the gear, right? We're always talking about it. Uh we are paid to do so, but But this is a a true testimonial from someone who actually went, took advantage. If you go online, esqcoding.com, use ISD15 as the promo code. You get 15% off all the online items. Um, So you do that, right? Uh, This is a true thing. that In this thread, a bunch of people also commented about how they're very happy with their ESQ products and uh, everything that they've they've gotten there. Uh, The shirts, everyone loves them. Worn by Notre Dame's top players and coaches. So go check it out, ESQClothing.com. I S D fifteen for fifteen percent off. All right, Jamie. Um, well, let's see, uh, Coach Humph. Well, for, let, let's let's. Uh, you, you you got a little illness going through the family right now, Jamie. Um, is your son going to partake in the Halloween festivities? Does is, is he dressing up? what's his costume
1: i mean so far he's he's
0: at back at school
1: today so if he's you know if i don't get a call during this podcast to come pick him up then i think uh then i think you know he'll probably be okay for today well you know we'll, we'll if we'll probably keep it short we're not going to go too far i mean he's he's four yeah. years old so right yeah like, yeah but uh uh he's uh he's a ghostbuster so uh Perfect. just a nice easy costume you know what just good tip even though it's ridiculous for a kids costumes these days the, the prices are stupid yeah but uh just a good tip for people just get something easy that they, you can just kind of put on and like take off easy and then that's you know don't don't get the um, unless you're unless your kid is old enough to want something specific uh, just get something easy
0: yeah my kids are uh let's well, say so the youngest is elsa which is just a dress and a little, little crown. And she's got her little wand and that's everything. Uh, my son is um, Iron Man. So that's easy. Just a little suit, little mask. And my daughter's Taylor Swift. Uh, my oldest daughter's Taylor Swift. Um, so she has a dress and everything. Very simple. Very simple. It's got to be a little bit more, you know, we, we're, we got a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. So uh, they need to be, they need to canvas a little bit more now that they're older. But they've got a nice friend group, so that's going to be really fun. Um, and it's uh, it's you know they they're not really scared by Halloween or anything like that. Um, at night, a little bit, like some of the houses, they can get a little bit. Uh, they play the music. Some of them shoot off the smoke, which is it's like awesome. It's like very cool, but um, it it uh, it scares the kids. Um, and some things that's that scare other people, Jamie, is when you call into a talk show for your head coach. And look at, I, I think Tyler from Spartanburg, uh, he, he definitely baited him. I mean, look at he, he wanted a reaction, right? I think he went on there and, and he's gonna, why are we paying you? And first of all, he said, we like, excuse me, Tyler from Spartanburg, yeah. you are paying zero. So yeah, you are, you are not responsible for yeah. that. That's the first thing. Why are we paying you to go four and four? Um, uh, as you pointed out, seven and seven in the last 14, that's probably where I would have gone with it, right? If you're gonna give the fuller picture. Because Dabo last year is like, well, we won eleven games. It's like you're well in the last 14, you're seven and yeah. seven, seven hundred. Or I mean four uh five hundred, excuse me. So uh, but he dabo took the opportunity. I would play the audio if it wasn't for if it wasn't five minutes long, uh, but it is that. long. So he went on and <clears throat> on about um, you know, his accomplishments and everything. Uh I so I put on our text chain uh, yesterday with the ISD text chain I kind of thought Dabo had a point like i I think he was right um and I mean, I don't, he was right he was right yeah I don't think you disagreed but a little a little bit unhinged Jamie yeah so, definitely uh, unhinged where, where, where did where um, did you come out on the whole situation
1: well first of all I think those Colin shows are stupid um I don't know why they do it I know I guess it's like still a thing in the south right? That they, they do it like Saban. Um, I think Saban told off a caller last year or a couple of years ago or something like that. Like, it's just like, I guess it's part of the thing. So you kind of have to do, deal with it, but like, come on, why are we doing this now? Yeah. Nick like,
0: says the call-in shows are big in the South. Uh, Saban still does one. He says,
1: yeah, they're just
0: like, okay. Like that's what, or screen the calls better.
1: Yeah. Screen the calls better. Right. So that's that's the other thing. Like, don't don't let Tyler from Spartanburg like get in there, you know. Um, but I mean, in saying that, like, I not, not Dabo wasn't wrong, um, and I guess like the best case scenario is like he's like showing that obviously he's passionate and he cares and yeah. he's like he's uh, his players are like yeah, you know, like. Hell yeah, let's you know, Dabbles still in, so let's I'm fired up. Um the worst case scenario is that like they lose this weekend, and I mean Tyler might call in again. Like <laughs> he might call in
0: again, right? Like that's so the kind a of thing that, a recurring segment. Dabble talks to Tyler from Spartanburg.
1: It's like because it's different when it's like um your team is like rolling and you can just say like, listen, whatever, right? Like this is what's, what's going on. And it, there is, you know, a little bit of truth to them being like, they gave away some of those games. Like they lost, they lost that Duke game with all of those red zone turnovers. Yeah. They had the double overtime game. Like they didn't, NC state didn't outplay them. They had like three more plays that were the yeah. difference in the game, essentially. Um, <clears throat> but you still lost all those games mm-hmm. and NC State was whooping those teams before, or at least whooping three out of four, maybe dropping one or something, you know, like they got problems there. They're, they're legit, legit, an average team, you know, they're an average or maybe slightly above average, um, you know, because they have a really good defense, but the offense has serious problems. So I mean, when you're the guy who's on the top of the pedestal and you, you know, you're preaching this and that, whatever, right. You got to be able to take it too. And that's just part of it. Right. Like, um, and it's why too, why a lot of these, and it's not, it's not just Davo it's, it's college coaches in general. um, Which is one of the reasons why I've been so impressed with Marcus Freeman because he handles all this stuff so well like when it's gone bad um which makes me think like oh that's like how an nfl coach like the good ones kind of handle it you know um but the ones who are unhinged the guys who don't last are like guys like davo guys like urban meyer right like yeah. so that's kind of where i'm at with um with him is like man i i just think there's a lot that can go wrong for them the rest of the year. So oh man, I, I don't know. They better not take calls next week. Cause I, I just think, or maybe in the future weeks, it's just, I think it could go really bad.
0: Well, now people are just like going to call in and try to trigger him again. Oh yeah. That's basically what it's going to turn into um, I, I, to my read on Clemson. Just, I mean, just to get into him a little bit. Oh, sir, just a lot. One last
1: thing. Uh, Tyler ahead. is a loser. Like that guy's a loser. That guy's a message board geek. Get that loser out of there. For get him. him out of here. <laughs> Man, get him <laughs> out of here. Um, and, uh, you know, in no disrespect to whatever message boards and stuff like that, too, because ISD specifically has a great board, um, you know, overall. Right. You know, very few issues with with um, the ISD board. I think it's one of the best communities out there. Um, but, you know, there's obviously a lot of other Notre Dame boards that aren't quite as uh friendly um and is cordial so uh tyler is one of these losers like
0: tyler you know block block tyler's number yeah um i will I honestly like i to, to your point you just made isd does have a very good board <laughs> like it does like it's, i you know some i mean you know you you've been on message boards i've been on a lot of message boards uh it's it's good it's not like a I mean, you, there's some people who are just like, some holy, but, there, the, but it's know, like very, period. it's very self-policing. Like, yeah. like, you know, get out of here. Like people don't want that. People don't want that. Yeah. At ICD. So that's good. Uh, head over to irc sports daily.com sign up yeah. $10 a month. Um, let's get a couple of, um, let's get a couple of uh, Matthew Patterson's sharing his uh, children. We got a firefighter outfit for your two-year-old at Costco. That's good stuff. Uh, Tyler hack says, um, his daughter is a witch and his son is a triceratops is two years old. So that's very fun. It's all a lot that's... of a very good time with the children. Um, all right. So here's the, here's the thing with, with Clemson, in my opinion, is like, they, they are the classic, like pretty good team, bad record where it's like, they can, they can do a lot of things like they, they can, they can hurt mm-hmm. Notre Dame, especially defensively. Right. Uh, offensively they're struggling, but it doesn't take, it's like, look at NC state. Like, look at how they won a game. Like their offense is terrible. And they, and they won a game 24 to 17, right? Like you can have a bad offense and find a way to win. Um, And so it's, it's, this game's going to be difficult. And I think that's, what's kind of reflected in the, with the line with the betting line, right? Like if you have a good defense and you can stop people and you can make things difficult for offenses. And the fact that they're at home, right? Notre Dame hasn't been very good at home. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, I think Dabo, you know, it's just like he, some truth to what he's saying, a lot of truth to what he's saying. Obviously the delivery is not as always what gets people in trouble. Um, And so, you know, it it was a a little unhinged, but it wasn't irrational, I guess. Unhinged, but not irrational is the way that I would put it. Um, And thank you for the content. Mr Mr Dabo yeah. that's good stuff for for people who who are just uh putting content out there um Karen's daughter just saw Estime on campus uh hopefully uh her daughter's at Notre Dame yeah and not some on some other campus yeah. all right so let's um let's get to the questions Jamie very excited uh we got a lot of good questions today we'll skip past the testimonial go fight win ND all right CHSFB75 can we expect Mike Mickens to get promoted to DC since <clears throat> Lou Anarumo is getting an NFL head coaching job and likely taking Al Golden with him to be his DC. Um please tell me the forecast for Clemson Saturday doesn't have any rain. The last part I checked and it's supposed to be clear skies Sunday. Nice day in uh in uh Clemson, South Carolina. Uh, so uh all right, Jamie Mike Mickens promoted to DC. If, uh, Al golden moves on to the NFL, what do you, what do you think? Um, I mean, I
1: think that's, I would say he's the heavy favorite, you know, at this point, uh, I, I would say it's, it's kind of a little bit like, you know, Clark Lee with, with Mike Elko leaving, I'd say he would be, you know, a prime candidate for the job. Not to say that it's like a hundred percent slam dunk, but, it it would be pretty close. Like I I think you heard what Marcus Freeman said about him. Um, I've heard that like, yeah, like if that would be, he would definitely be like a top candidate if, if, Hmm. you know, if that's what happens with golden, like if golden would have left this off season, I think Mickens would have been a candidate. Right. So um, yeah. And I, I mean, I think you can't argue about obviously the job that he's done with his position group um obviously the guy is well respected within the staff i also think that it's a bit of a different situation with a guy who's like a first-time coordinator um especially because his boss is also his old boss who was a coordinator i I think it probably means that marcus freeman would be a little bit more involved with Mm -hmm. the defense than he is now um at least to start to just to kind of make sure things go smoothly. Like he's not going to throw, um, you know, Mike Mickens to the wolves. If, if Texas AM and is his first game on the road there or whatever, right? Like he's yeah. going to be pr- pretty involved with that. Um, but yeah, I, I would say he's a really, really strong candidate.
0: I mean, you want to keep telling the people in your building, right? I mean, he's built the, maybe the best cornerback room. I mean, it's in recent memory, right? I mean, yeah. you're going back to the nineties basically. Um, it's just, they're, they're playing at a high level developing, uh, Matt says it's snowing in, uh, Matt Matt says it's snowing in South Bend and he's not happy about it. Um, and (laughs) so, uh, he's not happy about it. I can't, I can't use the words that he used, but, um, so it, it, so, you want to keep telling people in your building. He has built the cornerback room up, and the defense is playing at a like, historically good level. You want to keep as much of that intact as you can if Al Golden was to move on. Um, there are aspects to Mike Mickens' candidacy that we cannot know, right? We don't know how Marcus Freeman views the way that he thinks about the game or the way that he thinks about coordinating or any of those things. Like we, we It's impossible for us to know that. Yeah, uh, but just looking at it like you want to keep this in the building it would like okay if if uh if Chancey stucky was at notre dame for the last three four years right and and notre dame had an offense the caliber of what notre dame has and and uh jared parker was to move on somewhere you would be like well Can Chansey Stuckey do it? You know, like you would just oh you or or Dila McCullough or someone like that. Like you would want someone within the staff who's been around the staff for a really long time and they were excelling. You would want them to be the one to do it, right? Like you would want to keep that situation going. So um that's how I view it. And um yeah, so I think he would be would be a very, very uh likely candidate there. Uh seat. Hampson says, with the injury injury to Evans, are we set to see Chris Tyree's role expand significantly? 20 snaps doesn't seem like it's nearly enough, given he has been the single consistent big play threat throughout the season. Given the percentage of plays from the slot and the Evans injury, would you roll someone out? Would you roll out more 10 personnel? Speaking of Matt Freeman, he's shouting him out. Matt loves this question. More 10 personnel uh, for uh, Notre Dame on offense. So what do you think, Jamie? You think I mean, Chris they, Tyree? You think Chris Tyree should see the benefit of uh, more snaps being available in the slot? I mean, I think yes. I I think he should.
1: Like, I think that um, it probably means they will do a little bit more um, ten personnel. But I think, or not ten personnel, but like uh, eleven personnel. Ten personnel, like they, what have they done in like three plays this year? Like it's. Could they do it a little bit more? Yeah, maybe. But like they still have depth issues at, at receiver, you know, we still Jaden Thomas, how health is he after that post, he didn't really look that all that healthy after that it looked better earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess, it, I mean, it depends on how they feel about all the receivers. And the other thing is that like, even though I, I'm not saying that Chris Tyree should get more touches, but how Evans was used is so, like, you you have to fundamentally change the offense if you're just really going to just go flip and just say, okay, well, now, Tyree, you're getting all these snaps that Evans got. Like, you know, that changes so much and not really in a way that kind of fits Notre Dame, really, right? And um, so I don't think, like, Tyree's going to play, like, you know, 50 snaps or any kind of thing like that, right? Yeah. I, I don't see it. Um, Do I think he should get like two more, two to three more touches in a game? Yes. Like, I I I definitely think he should. Um, I just think that um, you're just going to see, you know, a little bit less 12 personnel, um, but they're still going to run it. They're still going to run it. And and you're going to see more of Eli Raritan in that inline role when they do go 11, Holden stays is going to be the guy when it's out in the slot right when yeah. it's like line up the slot he's gonna be those guys. so he's gonna have a, a great opportunity because a lot of those times like I think you know Evans won and I, I I mean, I don't think stays obviously hasn't been at the level that uh Evans has been, but I think he's the potential is there for him to be close to that level. Uh, right now and eventually get to that level, you know, next year too. So, I mean, it's a great opportunity for him. And I I think Stays has done really, really well with his opportunities as a receiver Uh, for the most part. I think he's got like one drop on the Mm -hmm. year that I can remember. Um, And he's just a different player than Evans in terms of what he can do in line though. So like, he's not a natural, he's not a great inline player right now. So, it's just a little bit different in how you use it you become a little bit more predictable to be honest if, you, if you're going to use that way so
0: yeah.
1: um it'll be interesting to see to see what they do but i mean flanagan is someone too that i think man he's really impressed what me when i when i've seen him in there and obviously it doesn't hurt that he caught a touchdown in that in and that, no. even if it's garbage time right like that's no. it's a it's a good sign
0: uh, so the the thing with going 10 is like the 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 difficulty now of adding just kind of like a style of play that you haven't used for the previous eight games and you, and you'd be going to it because of an injury, not because you planned on it. That's difficult, right? Like that's yeah. asking for like poor execution and sloppiness, yeah. um, which is not what you want going against a defense. Like just country. for a bowl game, a little bit more time. Right. Be different. Right. So uh, for the bowl game, I, I think that's something that we could see for sure. Yeah. Um, The thing that I was thinking about yesterday, and it really frustrates me that I think the situation was mishandled, is I think this would be a great opportunity to kind of put Jaden Thomas into that kind of role where it's like you put stays in line and then you put Jaden Thomas in kind of that H back situation. Because he's so, he's such a well, I wouldn't put stays in
1: line. I just don't think he's been good in line. He's he's,
0: so, you, so you would, so I would, if I were
1: going to do that, I would play raritan or flanagan in line and then if you're going to do that kind of motion thing with with the h yeah. back with
0: thomas that's what i would do okay all right all right so then you take him out of the game but i just think you could do so much with with what in the receiving game that evans gave you i think you could get that from thomas but thomas is not healthy yeah and he hasn't been healthy and like you know marcus freeman said it like he he played he got hurt in the house state game. Missed Duke. He played 35 snaps against the Louisville and then six against USC and then 11 last week. Like clearly there was a setback. That's terrible. You can't have a set. You couldn't have a setback with the hamstring and they've gotten it. And now you kind of need him and he'd be a great solution for you. And it's like, well, can it be a solution? Cause he's not healthy. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I think it could be that. Um, as far as Tyree, I think I think you can give him more. I think you can like you can intentionally target him more with the snaps that he's getting, rather than him just kind of being out there, you know. And and I do think it's possible because so many of the plays that I think are available to Tyree have been going to Evans. Yeah, and so you could emphasize it different that way. So um, it's a good question. It'll, it kind of remains to be seen. Uh, D. La asked kind of a fun question. Um, uh, feel free to slot this on a different day because it's, it's not, it's not stupid. Don't say that d Lamar. Uh, what's the dumbest way you have ever seen someone physically or mentally prepare themselves for a game? How did it work out for them? Ooh, um, I haven't seen, I haven't had
1: too many like weird teammates that did like super weird stuff. Like, yeah.
0: Like nothing like, uh, um, like, like, uh, like Joe Boo in a uh, major league, no, you know, no. like no one doing like, a. Uh, a ritual of that like in no the no no nothing like that and then when i mean i mean
1: pretty standard stuff for most people like when i coach too like people just listen to music whatever they do their own thing no one has like cra- i never had anyone who had like crazy stuff i guess if like i've seen anything the craziest it was like uh john henderson the old uh, defensive lineman for the jaguars i don't know if anyone's seen the nfl films of him getting like slapped by the one trainer for every game and then he was like let's go like right after it was like yeah yeah, like that was pretty nuts um but uh yeah i never had any like weird rituals or anything like that that i saw from anyone
0: um we had there i had a couple big vomiting guys like kurt heinish in high school like it's like guys had to go throw up before every game it was like they had to and I was just like, I don't, why are you doing that? Like, you're just depleting your, your energy. Like, it's not like you're going to throw up and then go eat. Like you need to, you need your energy. What do you, what do you, why are you doing that? Uh, but they had to do it. They had to do it to, uh, I don't know, settle their nerves or something. They would get too hyped up and they would go throw up and then they would go play. It's like, okay, man, whatever. Like I, I, I personally need the the energy in my body. I can't be throwing up beforehand. And then feel like I'm not just gonna fully cramp up later. You know, it's just yeah. it's just not something that you can have. But that was what happened. That was what happened. So that was that was probably the weirdest thing um that anyone ever did as far as uh as like preparation. Um I had a friend who like before track meets, he he would warm up like for two hours. He would he had the longest warm-up you ever heard of. And again, it was just like, Jay, you're gonna get tired. Like we're running. You need to, you can't be burning yourself out before but that was what he did that was what he did he was really good though so that's good stuff uh ND 1994 asked uh two questions who benefits from marcus saying he wants to take deep shots and who benefits most for evans being hurt i think we got into number two a little bit there but who benefits from marcus saying he wants to take uh deep shots who who benefits the most from that
1: i mean i would think is i mean tyree for one yeah jordan fazon um i think that's the thing. They just hit <clears throat> him, excuse me, um, him showing that he could win a one-on-one like that against Louisville. I mean, he's the guy cause he's got the speed and I think Tobias Merriweather. And I mean, I just like, I just think that Tobias Merriweather, him getting that one play in the game. Yes. I know the game was already out of hand or whatever, but like, he has three catches of 40 yards or more this year. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame had four as a team last year. I mean, Tyree's got four. Obviously, he leads the team. But, like, just kind of showing you, like, what that presence means and what it could mean. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know if they're like, oh, man, we got to take a couple deep shots to marry a game. He obviously, he's got to do more than that. But him making that one play, that gets him another one. You know, that's kind yeah. of how it usually works. So I would think those guys for sure. Um, and I just wouldn't trust Jaden Thomas on a deep shot right now, just because I don't know how well he can run. Right. I don't know well, yeah. how, how well he can run. So um, the other thing is too, is that like, it's one thing you say like t- taking more deep shots and everyone's like, Oh, we got to take more deep shots. And, and yes, you do um somewhat um but it's got to be more of like that play action to flores is what they need more of right that's yeah. what they need more of rather than just straight like you know taking so many deep shots like what they're doing right now in terms of like you know you've highlighted a lot Greg, about like the uh trips where they're they've been getting those matchups and then yeah. attacking the middle of the field and obviously hartman has thrown it well which, you know, we kind of talked about briefly that I don't think that Flores uh, ran that route properly there, yeah. right? But, like, so w- that pick wasn't on on Hartman. So I think more of that kind of stuff is definitely, like, what I would see. I mean, that's another thing. Flores, even though he, you know, made the catch and, and run in the other, like, him not running that route properly is probably, like, maybe he's not getting thrown to there next time. It just all that kind of stuff adds up
0: yeah um I think part of it too is like i think I think Notre Dame has kind of always had these opportunities in their offense they've just chosen to go a different direction within the play it's yeah. like well look, just look to the other side right like look to look to this the area where it's like you can you can take a shot here um I think part of it last week was like pit specific too it's like they they are vulnerable they have always been a vulnerable team Notre Dame has always gotten over on pit like deep that just the the nature of the way that they play and um and and i think clemson's a little bit of a different animal but at the same time like if you get those opportunities they've had them in every game they had them against duke uh they had them against louisville they just didn't hit them right some of them they did right They won the phase on the one to phase on is the same route concept as uh as the touchdown to uh as the touchdown to uh uh the the deep shot to to tobias Right, or the deep shot to Tyree. Like it's the same route concept, it's just that the safety chose the other direction and yeah. Hartman threw it to uh Faison there. And so, like that route combination has been a winner for Notre Dame all year. So keep doing that. And I think getting Tobias specifically, like getting him in the slot, getting him in the middle of the field, like all their other stuff has been when he's wide, and it's just like whatever whatever reason, Notre Dame has not thrown well to out, out wide when it's not in the middle of the field. It's just been a problem all year. And yeah. so if you get him inside that's where it is, you know? And so that's kind of a benefits where, like, if you could say, well, where, where does it benefit Evans? It's kind of the same thing. Like Evans run four verts with, with, uh, with, with Tobias Merriweather in that Evans spot with Tyree on the other side, right? Like run verts that way. And then you've got, then you've really got something up to see in there. So that's kind of where you could see, um, you know, a, a benefit from Evans going out. And we should say like, it's kind of it's kind of crass and unfortunate about the game of football where you talk about benefits of someone getting hurt. Like Mitchell Evans getting hurt is like a t- like it sucks oh, for him. Sucks. It's That's awful. Good. Like it's a thirty-seven nothing game, which isn't putting anything on Marcus Freeman. Like there's starters out there all the way. Like and it could have happened at any time. It's just unfortunate. It, it, it's just unfortunate that it happened, um, and you feel for him, right? Because he was having such a great season and he was really breaking out. And this really like no matter when he comes back next year, like it stunts the growth, right? Like you have to stop playing football. So that sucks for him. And hopefully he can get back healthy and and everything goes well there. Um, But it's unfortunate to see him go down. Just having a really good season. He was, he was kind of breaking out as a player. Uh, Brent Smith is here. He says, greetings. Thanks for being here, Brent. Appreciate you uh, tuning into the show. Uh, Drew Brennan asks the play to Rico Flores where Hartman hit him. 60 yards was exactly the type of play that a lot of us have been asking for for weeks. It was a sweep, fake toss, which led to the defense to the left, and then Flores was streaking to the right and was wide open. What do you think prevented Parker from running that type of play in the weeks prior? It could have been sorely needed against Louisville, Duke, and uh USC. Um, it's interesting, Jamie, because they did run this a bunch against NC State and they shredded them with it. Um, and then it we, we didn't we haven't seen it as much against those other teams. Um do you do you think? That's matchup specific. Do you th- what 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 would you say in terms of um, why not in this why in this game and not other games? Um, I I do think
1: some of it is like
0: when things are going good, you
1: you're like thinking about I'm setting this play up and whatever I'm you know you ha- you have a lead, you're doing that, and when things aren't going as good, you're not thinking about you're not like as forward thinking. As a play caller. And I think that's just pretty natural. Right. So I think that's probably some of it. Um, the other part is they've called some play action stuff, and Hartman has thrown it to the wrong guy before, right? Like that the one to Evans, right? Where he threw the yeah. um, you know, the 50-50 ball. It stays in the flat. It's right there, right? Um, and there was another one, it was it was a similar play. I don't, I don't believe it was off of like a you know, fake toss of that, that toss crack play, but there was another w- one to Evans or no to Flores where he just missed them and he could have had them or he could have taken the, the one to uh, Thomas underneath. So some of it is on Hartman too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's part of it. Um I don't know. I just thought, you know, I think too, you kind of realize when you have time, you, you have the time in between, when you have the couple of weeks, really, you have that time to kind of look at everything and be like, man, we got to set this up better and whatever. And maybe when, especially when there's heat on you, like you're, you know, you're, you're just thinking about like, just getting this right, like getting alignment right on some of the stuff that they screw up on, on Louisville, rather than all the other kind of stuff that really sets up big plays. and. That, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate, but that's kind of, I think, a reality.
0: Uh, I'm simmering on a take. I, I kind of need to see how this game goes specifically. Um, but I'm simmering on a take that it just so the way that it worked out with Great House and Thomas going down. He, Parker, he being Parker. It just the way that it went with with Duke and then Louisville, two road night games, uh, two good defenses. It just he they had to move Tobias off of the field into the boundary. You had to get you had to, you know, insert Flores into a much bigger role. Uh, you had to try to insert Faison. I'm just kind of thinking that Parker didn't know what he had. They didn't have enough time to actually figure out like, what can we actually do with these guys in these positions and just kind of went with the bland things that he knew that they knew basically. And, and once they, they got into the buy and they, he figured out more of his personnel, they were able to self scout, not just their plays, but also like their personnel and figure out what they could do. Um, you know, he cr- created better offense because what they did do against Pitt, and we said this like right after the game, both of us in the uh, post game, like they actually were doing some very good things in the first half. They just kept messing up, like they kept throwing interceptions, um, or getting stopped on fourth down, right? Yeah, and so I, it, but I do need to see a little bit more, like, I, I need to see the Clemson game specifically. Uh, to see, like, is w- w- was it just learning your personnel and what they could do and kind of building around those guys, or um, was it just kind of not being able to recognize where how to hurt teams, right? So, yeah. um, we, we that's 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 all kind of to be determined, and we'll see. I'm actually kind of excited to see because I, I do think there is decent evidence to where Thomas and House went out, he didn't know what to do, and then he had to build around it, found some things during the play, <coughs> and uh. We move forward from there uh let's see Wax. let's see wax uh waxerps we'll go with that did we see enough positives from steve vangeli versus pitt to be comfortable not taking a transfer quarterback this offseason he looked very poised behind both first and second string offensive lines i'm gonna ask you the question jamie that i asked you before um and i think it's a big deal regarding steve Angeli. we had a question in the chat about uh <clears throat> about cam rising and, and guys things of that nature um so we're going to kind of get into that here as well um we've seen steve angeli in two spring games we've seen him in a couple of games this year in the sample size is way too low but have we ever seen steve angeli play poorly ever
1: yeah, I think it was bad in, like, the one um, in the spring game this year, right? Like, he wasn't good in the spring game this year. But, like, that was just one thing, and it wasn't, like, he yeah. wasn't set up to play well. But that's about it, to be honest. Um, yeah. He's looked – he in every kind of, like, little small sample size that he's done, he's looked good. He's looked good. Um, I mean, I would say that Saturday was the best he's looked. Uh, that was – he looked really sharp. Yeah. Um, you just don't see that a lot from uh, backup quarterbacks who come in and like are like that on point to the like in terms of ball placement and timing of throws, where it was like, man, every single thing they had a chance to like make something after the catch because of, um, you know, how on point he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say I, you can't just judge that it's one day is one day um but they see them all year that i mean that that helps it definitely helps getting in and and doing that kind of thing um i don't know like the one the one thing that i think that you would fear with like saying okay we got to stick with our guys we got to go with angeli we got to go with minchi and car and do that and we're not going to take uh uh you know a transfer is that first game is on the road at Texas A&M and they yeah. are going to have whether Jimbo gets fired or not or whatever the deal is unless like they have a mass exodus of players which i mean technically could happen but they're going to have a real defense like mm. it's going to be a very good defense it's because it's going to be like a new season, new hope. Like it's going to be wild that like, that's going to be a night game. That's going to be a very big game. Um, and a very tough atmosphere. And that is a very tough place for anyone to make their first start. So I think that is somewhat of a factor when looking at the transfer stuff. Um, but I don't know, like I mean Steve Angeli, if you just keep doing what you're doing, and, and I mean I know they like Minchie and stuff too, so um yeah, it, it becomes a good problem to, to have to to think yeah. about.
0: Yeah, I think I think maybe what Angeli has done is raised the level of quarterback that they would be willing to take. So, like, like okay. Like Hudson card, for example, like, I don't know that they'd be like, you know what? We're going to look at Hudson card, like seriously next year. Whereas like this year, I, I, this past year, like I do think they looked at him seriously. And I think with Steve Angel it's like, no, that's not on the table for us. Like he needs to be better than that. And like better than a Hudson card type. And so I, I, I think that's what he's done. Right. Like we got, we have a question later about Riley Leonard. Um, and I'll put the question up from the from the person asking, but we'll kind of address it here. Like to me, Riley Leonard is a no brainer, not just in terms of talent, but in terms of like what he is already running like pro concepts with with Duke, and so he is the exact type of quarterback that you want. He's a good runner as well, and so you you just you have to do it if it's if it's Riley Leonard. Like it, to me, you have to. If it's Cam Rising, I don't think you have to. I don't. I just don't. And, and, and the, the, the Jalen Daniels from Kansas, like you would look at him, but there's, there's, is there a scheme fit? Right. And I think we've seen this year scheme fits very important. You can't just take a guy. Like I I do think you need to have someone who, you know, projects into the type of offense that you're running. Um, so that matters. That matters. And so I think what Steve Angeli's done is they, Notre Dame's going to be like, Hey, like you gotta be, a good fit and you got to be like, good, like, like, like Riley Leonard type. Good. Um, I think that's what he's done in terms of rather than just like, Hey, we we need to take just anyone. I I don't, I don't, I don't, I think he's, um, he's that Um, Brent Smith's not, not uh, convinced. He's a very precise passer. I don't know, man. I, I think he's he's not working with a ton at Duke over there. He's definitely not working with a ton of talent. And so I just like I'm.
1: He's also working on one ankle right now, too.
0: Yeah, that's stuff. That's it's a gritty. You, yeah. you, you can I mean, just in general, whether he comes in our name or not, like you just kind of love to see that type of that type of attitude. Um, Patrick Carter says, "I heard that a highly experienced college football analyst who has military intelligence background is an expert." at discovering tendencies is available would coach <laughs> would coach freeman be interested we've heard I a lot about that. we've heard a lot about analysts we've heard a lot about analysts jamie uh this uh the last few weeks um i mean look i will say i will say uh no one gathers evidence better than connor stallions right um and he's no one gets that gets the uh You know, the video. (laughs) But you got to know what to do with the video, Jamie. And not everybody does. And I'll tell you who knows what to do with video. And that's VSR Media, which is founded by Notre Dame football pregame host and Emmy Award-winning anchor Vahid Sadrazadeh. VSR Media provides professional and cinematic video (coughs) and photo. Whether you're looking for a collegiate or pro-level highlight reel, have a personal story to tell, or are aiming to diversify and grow your business, VSR Media specializes in short and long-form video storytelling social media management, and website design. VSR Media also captures professional headshots, senior, and sports photos. Contact them at vsrmediacompany.com. Mention Irish Sports. They receive 20% off your first project. Visit them online or give them a call at 574-800-9106. And here's the other thing. Uh, if you or anyone else, so it's like if you, if you go to IS, or you go to ESQ and use the promo code, uh we will throw up uh, and you you do the testimonial on uh the webs on the message board we'll throw it up here just like last time. Same thing with VSR media. Use the promo code, put it up and uh and and we'll we'll read it on the show. Cuz that's what we like to do, Jim. Yeah. Uh all right. Next question. Uh 1980 UI grad. He has two questions. So we get to him. Uh, offensive p- offensively play action has struggled. When I see play action, I watch the O line. They are in straight past set example, the play where Hartman threw a pick and was called an RPO was clearly just play action. Not a single linebacker step forward. Does this play role in our, in effect, does this play a role in our ineffectiveness? So let's get to that one first thing. Do you have a well, problem? Oh, go ahead.
1: I was going to say, well, I have a problem right away with uh, Jason Garrett calling that an RPO when it wasn't. Um, Come on, Jason Garrett, like I, I, whatever, it's not, he, I, I mean, the guy played in the NFL, he coached the NFL. Like I think you should know what an RPO looks like. It just shouldn't be that hard to screw that up. You know, like that's, I don't know. It was pretty bad. Um, You know, or if he could have even corrected himself later and it would have been fine. But anyways um, yeah. So it was definitely play action. I didn't, I didn't like that play action at all because it was, it was just, I think that was just basically in anticipation of like the linebackers just biting so hard off of just any kind of run action that they see from the quarterback or them just calling a run blitz and expect, and, and expecting that, which is why kind of, we said that like he should have threw it in the stands or throw up a 50, 50 ball outside or something. Yes. Not, not what, not what he did. Like that was. A very low percentage throw that he he was making. Um, so, yeah, like I don't think those are good. Those are good play action plays, and um, which is why why did the other one work? That Flores one worked so well. Well, because they gave the same look, and they they had the same action that not from Evans who was coming across, but everybody else. They gave the same action that it looked like it was going to be a toss crack. Yeah. So they did it. The safeties and the linebackers flowed hard. They ran it twice earlier in the game. And that's what you get from it. Right. And it's just that's kind of what you have to do. And sometimes you run plays that you're like, I know this might only get two yards, but I'm running it because we're going to run play action off this later on. Right yeah. like you kind of have to think that way. So, yeah, they need to do a better job of that. They did it in that second half. Obviously, that was a great call and a great play and great execution. But, yeah, you got to do more of that and less of um, that one specifically there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that play action pass, I, I, I think there maybe be like they're anticipating man on that, which is, you know, you, it's better to run it in that situation. Uh, it's like you said, the linebackers did not buy. It. And once you see it zone and they're just sitting there, you have to then come off, come off your initial read and try to throw the 50-50 to Flores or just throw it over his head and throw it out of bounds and move on with your day. You know, it's just a, it's a bad, it's a play call that's designed for man. You got zone, it's a bummer, you got to move on. Which is like again, it's another thing, Jamie, where it's like, hey, if you have a man beater call on and they're in zone, check out of it. Yeah. Run something else like, or just run the ball, like whatever, whatever it just, that's the type of thing that, um, that is, is that remains kind of frustrating. The lack of the lack of ability to get out of bad plays and the lack of hot reads from the offense that remains frustrating, but, uh, it is, you know, it, it is what it is on that. Um, the second question is about missed throws overthrowing balls between 10 and 20 yards uh we've talked about getting depth on the pass drops um it, I, I mean look he's been doing it all year they obviously he I, I if he if they if he wasn't doing it the way that they wanted they would have changed it by now and they haven't yeah. so i don't want to get on the pass depth too much we've we've addressed it a bunch and for whatever reason that's where they wanted him to be and that's where they're running it from and so uh You know, Notre Dame doesn't see it as a problem because they aren't getting deeper on their past sets. Um, Barney, for Greg, is X Watts better than Kyle? You know, why do we have to, like, just make it a thing where is, is one great player better than another great player? I, you know what I want, Jamie, what I think about a little too much, you know, how the George, the George meme, uh, the George thing from Seinfeld, where George is just kind of staring off, he's on the pier and he's staring. Oh off yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me thinking about why couldn't Kyle Hamilton just be playing next to Xavier Watts just one time. And they could have just the absolute like greatest defense in the history of college football. That's what I think about. Um, as far as who is better, uh, I think just, you can't, you can't duplicate Kyle's size. Unfortunately, um, I I would have loved it if Kyle Hamilton could have played in a defense with these corners and that front seven and someone like Xavier Watts playing next to him. I think that would have been awesome. Um, it's not what happened. And so it just is what it is. They're both great players. Um, I feel a certain type of uh affinity for Watts because in 2021 when they put him in there I was very adamant on uh I was very adamant on like hey he he looks really good out there like he is always around the ball he is always flying around he has very good instincts I think last year it was like he was continually getting better and better and better and it was just like hey like especially the last few games when he was starting uh it was just very obvious that like hey he has taken the next step. All he has to do now is start making plays on the ball. And then he has done it now. And it's like now he's picking off passes all over the place. I, I think it's awesome. I, I love his game. I love the way that he plays. And uh I'm if I'm the fund, you need to fund Xavier Watts. That's what I would say. Yeah. Make it so he has incentive to return and improve his game because I, I think they're he, if there's any weakness to him, it's like there is a tackling thing that he needs to improve on. Um, and that and I think that's important. So uh, but you know we'll see. Um, what, what's your take on this, Jamie?
1: Well, I think uh, I mean he's having a better individual season than anyone that Hamilton had at um, at Notre Dame. I think that that can definitely be argued. Um, but I also think that like he's also, like you said, he's benefiting from uh like some of these balls that are thrown up to him are because of like pr- a, like great pressure up front, right and that is, and he's been there and taken advantage of it um, but it's different like he's making plays, he's making great plays. um, but I would say like that that picky made against Duke was probably i think to me in my opinion i don't know about you greg but like i thought that was his most impressive play this year right how like that was just him reading and breaking on it and making a fantastic play um and not that the stuff that he did against usc wasn't great it was but i thought that was the best uh play of the year but some of that stuff is you know happened because he was like directly benefited from what's going on. And I think with Hamilton, you could see like when he was a freshman and he was kind of playing that like um on third down and they're playing three safeties and he was mm-hmm. the robber a lot. Like he benefited from that. But then he didn't get a chance to really be that robber later on because of kind of where they're at and and you know who else they had. So he had to play yeah. deep a lot when they didn't really have anyone else, and like I think Kyle Hamilton, if he was put in a d- different situation, could have been like m- making the same amount of havoc plays as Jeremiah Osuoromol. You know, like yeah. that's easily could have happened. Um, and you know what? They're both literally just like great, great players. So uh, you know, be, Notre Dame fans should be grateful that they get to watch them.
0: Yeah, for sure. That's how I look at it. CFB hurts. Uh, says his tackling has been great. Uh, but I ain't no expert. Um, so when he make, when he tackle, like, look, when he tackles, he tackles, it's, it's a lot like JOK in 2019 really. Um, where it's like when he makes the tackle, it's like, that's a great tackle. Um, he also leads the defense in missed tackles with 11. Uh, so he's, He's and some of those are product of the position. We've talked about it before. Like safety is just kind of a position where it lends itself to missing some tackles, but he, he does lead the team in that category. So look, at, it's just something that he could he could get better at, and he probably would with, with a little bit more time. So um it's not a huge weakness of his, but it is it is something that could get cleaned up. Uh Patrick Carter asks um uh, if Kyle Hamilton and both ex Watts both played on offense, who would have more touchdowns? You know what? There isn't a world where they are the Notre Dame's two starting wide receivers, and they're doing numbers. And so it's just, hey man, don't be afraid. Put your best players playing both ways. Just ask. Just ask Prime. Just ask Coach Prime, right, Jamie? Well,
1: we know he's an expert. He's an you expert
0: know? on it. He's an, he's expert, an
1: expert who's not going to make a bowl game. He's not. Like, gonna, well, listen. like pretty much everyone predicted before the season, uh, Dion. I keep receipts, Dion. You're going four and eight, probably. Well, probably not four and eight. He's probably going five and seven. But like, come on. This guy's one and oh. I keep receipts. Give me a break. You beat a bad TCU team. Get out of Get here.
0: Get out exactly. of here. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. Uh Duke Sinatra. Four questions. Let's go. Um, all right. Uh one, now that you've had a chance to see Rico Forest play most of the season, what do you think is a reasonable projection for his development by his senior year? Can he become a draftable player or is his ceiling more like a really good number 3? Let's go for that one first. Oh, I think
1: he's going to play in the league. I think oh, he's he's going to play in the league. Yeah. Like he's just one of these guys who um he's going to he's going to test like decent. Um you know, when his time comes, he's not going to blow anyone away. He's not going to, he's not running like a four, four or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but like he's going to test season, but he's just a good player. Like he's just good. He's a good football player. He's like a good position. He's, he's good at the position. Like he's going to get better at some of the things that he's already doing pretty well. Um, He's going to get bigger and stronger. That's definitely going to happen. And that is going to make a big difference with him because he already you can see what he does as a blocker Mm. and like the effort he gives as a blocker some of the stuff of how he's going to win when he's stronger because he's going to be a guy who wins with like craftiness rather than just straight up like athleticism like what he did to uh davis igbenison in the on that touchdown against uh Ohio state. Yeah. You'll get to see like a lot more of that kind of stuff from him over the years. Um, yeah, he's going to play, he's going to play in the league. I mean, is he going to be a high pick? Probably not. Um, but he, he, he will play in the NFL. Like he's just one of these guys. Plus he is a very, very smart kid. He's yeah. a very, very smart kid. Um, so it, yeah, he'll, he'll be in the league and he'll be like, though, the way that I would kind of compare it to is kind of like TJ Jones, where people were like, Mm. TJ Jones, yeah, he's a nice player. And then obviously had the big senior year. Um, But like TJ Jones was just developed into like a really, really good receiver. And that's why kind of the reason why too, he like stuck around the league for a little while too. And Rico maybe isn't quite as fast as him, but is just, but probably got a little bit more, where he's probably gonna, I think, eventually be kind of like bigger
0: and stronger. I wonder if um, Rico could be that uh, that former wide receiver, uh, USC wide receiver. Uh, was, he, was he Steve Smith too? He was Steve Smith as well. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think that's Rico in terms of the route oh, like running that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like not big, not like a great athlete, but like just really savvy really good uh, football player knows how to get open and just like kind of like the thing you you highlighted there against Ohio state. Like that's a classic, like Steve Smith type of touchdown. Um, And so that that's kind of where I see that going. I do wonder about his measurables, um, but that doesn't really matter to me. Right. Like I don't really care. Like if, if just like Steve Smith, that would be awesome. Like that would be a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal outcome for him. And so, you know how other teams view him. I just think he could be like a very solid starter. Very happy to have him out there. Um, you know, he look he's a freshman, right? Like, and I think we've seen a lot of things where it's like if he was if he if he in a normal situation where he had upperclassmen ahead of him and he came in and did the things that he's doing now, like you'd be very happy, right? Same thing with Jaden Greyhouse. You know, like he he doesn't he's not ready to be like I'm going to be someone who has 90% of the snaps and the, the passing game kind of counts on me to be like a successful passing game. That's not what he – that's not what his role should be. Now, that that is his role, and it was his role against Louisville and Duke, and, and it didn't go that well. Um, but that's like not a reflection of him. It's just a reflection of circumstance. And I think that's kind of true of uh, Meriwether as well, right, even though Meriwether's older. Um, so that's kind of how I view, how I view him. Uh, would you move a uh, junior Tuli Alamaco back to inside linebacker in the spring? No, I wouldn't. Um one, I just think if you just be like,
1: so you just wasted a, like a year and a half of moving him to Viper? Yeah. Um I like unless they unless if I was him, unless they said like, hey, you got a real chance of starting here, then or or we, we think you you'll be the starter, why would you do it? Like, why would you do it? Because it just doesn't really make that much sense. Because, I mean, you got guys like like Bowen. I think Drake Bowen is like if so. Assuming J D. Bertrand leaves, and who knows what will happen with Kaiser and stuff too. Like, I think Drake Bowen has a good shot at being the starter at Mike um, next year. Mm. And why would so? he had this year of like working as a Mike linebacker uh, and then you're going to be like, okay, well now you're back. And it's like, okay, we'll get used to this. Even though you put on this weight and you had to work on all this and that it's like, I guess they could do it, but it just, I don't know. I don't think it makes sense. I don't think they would have moved him if they thought like, Hey, he's going to be the, the next guy at inside linebacker. If, if um, that's what they thought. So
0: I, yeah, I wouldn't. No, I, I don't think they are even considering it, to be honest. Like because for the point you just made, why would you move him if you thought he could be the Mike? Yeah, you know, it just doesn't make sense, uh, in my opinion. So, um, all right, third question. Jelly has made the most of his opportunities this season, albeit in blowouts. Has your opinion on his ceiling changed? If he starts next year, could he match Books first season as a starter? Um, 19 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 68%, 154 rating. Uh who 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 is your comp friend Jelly? Let's put it a better way. Who is your comp for him? Who do you see him most like?
1: Um, gosh, who did I put my comp? I can't remember who I my comp for him as a recruit was. Um, but I I just kind of see him as a guy who's like he he's not elite in any one area. Although maybe accuracy, he might be a like elite if he, maybe if he keeps on like that but like yeah he just or or maybe poise you know because he seems to really like be a guy who just kind of like able to kind of stick down you know keep his eyes down the field uh when a rush is coming too um but he's you know he can run he can escape he's got like a good arm not an elite arm but a good arm um i don't know i i I like him. I think it's that book year because it's it was like a three quarter year abbreviated year. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I don't even know what like comparing the stats. It's like I don't know. And then the other thing is too is that like I think Notre Dame's gonna have a team that could really really contend next year. So they need like a plus plus quarterback. Like he he's got to yeah. be really good. So if I I don't know where, uh, okay. Brandon Allen, sir. Uh, thanks for looking that up, Tyler. Yeah. Brandon Allen, who was like a very good, uh, quarterback, uh, for Arkansas. Right. Like I think Angeli could easily be that guy, um, and be, end up being like a good, good starter for Notre Dame, but like where he's at next year, it's like, They need him to be really good. They need whoever it is to be really good. That's kind of where Notre Dame is out of the program right now. Like they need that guy to be very good. It's, you can't just like wait for the next guy to be like there. You don't want to be like Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett takes four years to have a good year, you know, like you don't want to, you don't want to get into that.
0: Yeah. Um, I'll let that stand. I think that's good analysis, Jamie. So we'll let that stand. Uh, number last question from Duke Sinatra, purely on their work as defensive coordinators at Notre Dame. How would you rank Golden, Elko, and Lee?
1: I mean, it's just I can, I don't think you can really um, rank them because they can't. It's different circumstances for each of them. Because I think of like if Elko would have stayed, then for the 2018 year, the defense would have been just as good you know, like they would have been awesome that year yeah. as well. Right. Like, so that was the thing. Clark Lee got the benefit of walking into a situation. They were literally first in um returning production on, on defense that year. Mm-hmm. Um, And they had all these guys coming back and then they had, uh you know, all of these defensive linemen that were like stud guys are going to be NFL guys who were going into year three, who were like ready to make a jump. So they had all of that going on. So, um, I mean, Lee did a great job. He t- certainly did a great job. And he's been there for three years. He was there for three years and did a great job every year, right? So, I mean, by default, he because he's been there three years and did a great job every year, you would rank him above, you know, the other two. Um, but it's just like, I don't even think it's fair to rank Elko or Golden against Lee yet. like maybe we'll see like golden stays another year. And then they have like another great defense, like a defense that's as good or better than this year. Then you say, okay, well, where does it match up with, with Clark Lee then I think that's when you can kind of rank it more properly. And then I don't think Elko, I think it's just unfair to kind of put him in the conversation because he walked into a total rebuilding situation. Mm -hmm. He had to kind of like build up that defense and then he didn't get to kind of benefit from
0: that after he just left, right? So this is how i answer that question. Um, I think this is my favorite defense uh in my Notre Dame viewing life. I love watching this defense, it is so fun. Like the things that they are doing, the way that they're playing the complimentary football that they're playing like between positions, the, the stuff they have going on in the back, the corners, the safeties, the safety play, the uh, it's just, I, I love watching this defense. I am literally going to be sad when this, when this season is over, just because I like, I want them to keep this defense like forever. It, it, it like you know how like i was why i was thinking this yesterday if there was ever i've never thought of this but it's like if there was ever a team that um that was like oh man i wish it was like pros like you could just you could just take this team and move them into the next season yeah it i honestly like they would be national champions in my opinion like they and and i understand other teams could be able to do it then i just think that they are that this team is just, if, if it had another year together, they would be awesome. And um, so that's how I feel about it in terms of the defense. I I just think this defense watching them play, it's the most fun I've ever had. I love watching their tape. I watch, I would watch it every day. Like I just, I think it's great. So. I'd agree with
1: that. I think it's the, it's the, it's, it is the most well coached group defense across the board. Yeah. Um, You know, at all positions, at all three levels. Um, so I guess if you wanted to rank it, the peak of kind of like what the peak is, I think this is the best defense, um, that Notre Dame has had out of any of those years. Um, cause I think this is a better, I don't think this has defense has more talent than the 2018 defense, uh, overall, but like, I think this is a better coach defense, like yeah. you were just, or, or they execute the defense better. Yeah. Is what I would
0: say, and what, which is which is what, coaching. which is which is coaching, and it what's also makes the end of the Ohio State <laughs> game like that much more difficult <laughs> that it was this defense that that gave it up at the end, and it's just unfortunate, right? Because like the play that DJ Brown didn't make, it, it's it's really bad because <clears throat> it was such a good play call, and DJ Brown executed the play so perfectly. And he just didn't make either, the yeah. the last step, you know, it, it like I've wanted to break the play down for people, but I feel like it's salt in the wound. So no, I haven't, do it. no. but it's such a great, oh God, it's such a good design. And he absolutely baits this kid into throwing it right to him. And, 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 uh, a golden made the perfect call at the perfect moment. God, It's such a, it's so upsetting. It's so upsetting. But, yeah, I love this defense. It's great. Um, all right. Uh, Water MTJ. Out of the twos, what groups have imp- have impressed you? Which individuals from these groups have really stood out from limited reps? Um, so let's do that, and then we can do strength and conditioning names because I, I haven't heard, but you, you've always got some names. So who are the twos? What units and what individuals? Um.
1: I I mean, uh, the corners, obviously, um, you know, they got to really be highlighted um, in in this game. I mean, it's different because, you know, really, like, if you're looking at who has kind of played a lot, you only really get the defensive line uh, rotation, right? And I think I've liked what I've seen from the twos, like, for the most part from the defensive line, but there's obviously a clear drop-off between um that group and the starters, right? Like Nana has played better and and played pretty well recently, mm-hmm. but he's clearly a notch below like JJB, right? And um, you know, Rubio is obviously not as good as Howard Gross. like, but I like what Kev- Gabe Rubio has played in the game. And I like, I don't know. So it's not, not many of the twos play that much overall. And I don't want to judge guys, just of like base, based on, um, what you see in kind of like garbage time. Cause like those old linemen, it's like, man, it's just not a, it's, it's such a weird situation to kind of get put into It's like, you're cold and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, now run it down the throat of these guys, but they're keeping their starters in. So it's like, you know, it's, it's just it, – and it's not to say, like, some guys don't look good because, like, you know, Shroud looked good in, in mm-hmm. this game, right? Um, and then he came in a little bit earlier and looked good too. But um, I don't know. I just think it's, like, it's 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 hard to say. Uh, the tight ends, I guess, because those guys, like – I mean, yeah. if Stays is your two tight end, he's a pretty good player. You know, Flanagan looking pretty good. I think Raritan had his best game, you know, looked looked – the most comfortable he did blocking in this game. So um, outside of that, I mean, Oh, and the backs obviously. Right. Yeah. Like just, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'd put it, but I, I don't, I don't know about you. Like it, it, it's just not enough reps for me for, for the other guys.
0: Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I think the two, the backs, like assuming estimate mm. moves on, uh, I think love and price have, Potential to be an all time backfield, um, like in the history of this the school, um, and I think, I think the the Christian Gray with Ben Morrison next year has a chance to be an all time corner tandem, like even better than the uh, the Cam Hart version this year, which is insane because Cam Hart's playing at an incredible level, but C- Christian Gray seems special. The length that those two have are just like it's rare. It's super rare to have length like that as your starting corners. Um and I am projecting Gray will, will beat out Mickey for that job. Um, I think Mickey could have a, a nickel roll or something. He'll 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 play a lot. I, yeah. I think Mickey will play a lot next year, but I think I think Gray and, and Morrison are gonna be the two. Um and those are those are them. I mean, those are the guys. That like the main ones, like you said, who just like have really stood out to me. It's like could could be all timers, like just you know in in the history of the school, and I that's kind of that's kind of insane, but I I just think that's uh, I think that's the case. Um, Rockney seventy five asks: Any chance Riley Mills uh, returns for one more year? Who would be the key two three players for Marcus Freeman to recruit to return for another year? Um, so what do you say, Jim? Uh, oh, because I forgot about the,
1: the strength stuff. I heard a couple things before about it, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'll bring it up on another podcast in the future. Okay. So, uh, Yeah. Um, but I don't think it's like anything decided or anything like yeah, that. So yeah, I, yeah. Just whatever. Just heard a couple names potential. But um, I mean, I think there's a chance that he comes back. Um I mean there's definitely a chance. Um I think it just depends on what he wants, right? If he's like he's a guy who will probably get drafted not high right now but he'll get drafted. Um, you know, and uh I think he's a guy who could probably get an invite to the senior bowl and and you know, do pretty well there and all that kind of stuff too. So it just kind of depends, like, I guess it depends what grade he gets back, all that. Obviously, he doesn't have like, he's played really well, but like the numbers aren't like unbelievable, like the box score stuff isn't unbelievable for him. So it just depends what he thinks, but I think he could really benefit because I think he could have like a big, big jump. He's made a big jump this year, but he'd have me a bigger jump if he stayed, so I don't know. Would see would see, but yeah, he certainly would be a key guy to, to stay. I think I think X Watts, Howard Cross, Um, Mills, I would say like CFB Hertz wrote those as a three. Yeah. Um, I think those guys would probably I mean you could argue that. I think you could say Maris Leofel in in that in there too. Uh I mean Chris Tyree certainly is a guy like they want to get back. Like that's a guy that they should really, really work to get back. Um, I don't know. No one else at the top of my head. I mean, other guys can stay. I mean, Bertrand obviously would be good to stay, but I just have a feeling he's going to go because he's like started in three years and he's been a multi-time captain and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I don't know. Like I, I think, I would say, yeah, I wouldn't even limit it to three. I would say, like, those five.
0: Yeah. I think, Tyree, it's just like, look, look, man, you've had a nice year. You've made some nice plays, okay? Like, you could catch, like, 50 balls next year. You know what I mean? Like, like, you could be, like, actual viable. Like, right now, to me – it's it's he's doing great he's made some great plays he's not a viable slot receiver in the nfl right now
1: yeah i don't think he's getting drafted right now right Just so opinion. it's like look but. if
0: this is about you playing an nfl like you could catch 50 passes next year for like 800 yards or something and be like a real option uh that could happen i think the thing with people with, with xavier watts he's graduated he graduated already so he already has his degree um so that's uh that's a thing where it's like hey we, like he it's not like he has to stay around for that like he he's already gotten that I have no idea where his mind is at with it um if he wanted to go he could I, I don't know what his testing will be like but that's like not gonna change it's like it's a it's a true like strike while the iron is hot type situation for him um obviously I, I hope he I hope he comes back I just I want to keep watching him play football for Notre Dame um, with Mills across to me, is, I, you, you went in on Mills cross to me is like another fun guy. Like oh, make yeah. it worth your, make it worth your yeah. while, you know, make it worth his while to stay. Um, right. I mean, we didn't bring up Blake Fisher. I, I don't know that we need to, uh, he'd be crazy not to come back. I think it would
1: be insane for him to go right now. Yeah,
0: um, And Marist is another fun guy as well. Make it worth their while. Yeah. Make it worth their while. Um, and this is the last question, Keenan Knight. What would you would you take Dukes Riley Leonard or roll with angelia Menchi next year? I just wanted to bring up the question because we um we uh we kind of answered that already. We've we've gone into that. So um it's gonna do it for questions, Jamie. Fun show, another fun yeah. show, another That's mailbag cool. show. That was great. Had a really good time. Uh we'll be back on Thursday. Uh are we gonna have the the Clemson guy, Jamie? I don't know, but I got
1: plenty on Clemson if he's not here. So we got
0: a lot on know. Clemson. We got a yeah. lot to talk about with Clemson. Dabo's probably going to talk again. Maybe he'll say something else. So uh, check us out on Thursday. Uh, check us out. Check out uh, Irish Sports Daily YouTube show. We're going to have a show with uh, Darryl Mabry out. Dimes with Derek. We're going to be talking about the women's exhibition game yesterday and uh, previewing um, previewing the game in uh, Paris. Hen Hidalgo, Jamie she's it i mean she's her if that's what we're going to say with that i mean eight of nine 20 23 points i believe it was uh seven seven rebound or six rebounds seven assists five steals she's got it she's got the stuff so check that out tomorrow that's going to be on the youtube feed that's where you're going to want to hit the like hit subscribe hit the notification bell Check out that show tomorrow. Check us out on Thursday. Uh, Happy Halloween, everyone. Have a good night with your kids, and we will talk to you uh, tomorrow. And on Thursday, keep hitting and hustling.